You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now, check out all the good stuff we have there for you to get you ready for Week 16 Championship Week in most fantasy football leagues for season log formats. A couple weeks left, of course, for DFS here in the 2019 regular season. Uh, we'll get to breaking down all the games like we always do in the middle of the week with our back-to-back matchup shows, Matchup Wednesday and Matchup Thursday, and of course, Lineup Friday, where we look at the DraftKings value board in specific. But first, we got to look at the waiver wire again here. We'll still do that next week as well, by the way, if you're playing in Week 17 or if you're looking at guys that could be one-week options, period. Uh, It's a good exercise anyway, but this week, it could be guys that could uh, fill in spots. There are a lot of injuries and question marks here all of a sudden uh, going into the Week 16 matchup. So we'll break that down for you. But first, as we usually do on Tuesdays, we break down Monday Night Football, the last game of Week 15. It was all Saints, 34-7 to at home. Congratulations to Drew Brees. He is now the leading touchdown thrower in NFL history once again over Peyton Manning. Now, Drew Brees, what can you say? I mean, he's been red hot in the playoffs just when you need him. 307, four TDs, 29 of 30. That was a record. Near-perfect passer rating, 10.2 yards per attempt here. Now, let's look at uh, the numbers across. I mean, Michael Thomas, you know, is a big part of that 12 for 128 on 12 targets. Not a surprise that Michael Thomas catches all of his targets when Drew Brees only misses one pass there this week and so he it's a Michael Thomas show everything else kind of filled in weirdly it was not Jared Cook scoring he was four for 54 caught all of his targets he was fine but Taysom Hill of course vultured a touchdown two for 42 receiving there including that score also Josh Hill scored so a little bit frustrating if you're Jared Cook owner very frustrating if you're Alvin Kamara owner in a 34-7 game it wasn't too bad with the five catches there in PPR but when you look at standard, Alvin Kamara's had a really bad year because he's not scoring in, in, in relation to where you drafted him in the first round. Where you look at this, only 66 yards rushing, 14 attempts, pretty healthy average, 23 receiving. So 8.9 in regular league, you got 13.9 in a PPR here. So the scoring has been very frustrating all season, but PPR he's definitely been better. And uh, we've seen that if he had, there was a touchdown regression, you knew Kamara was going to be more in that direction. But just didn't expect it this much. He scored twice in week three, receiving and rushing. He hasn't had the 100 yet, rushing, receiving. And it's also weird because they don't use Latavius Murray in the same way they use Mark Ingram, where he's been dominating. He still get 11 touches here, but 11 for 49. He's been disappearing in some games, and even Kamara doesn't score. So frustrating season for him. Traquan Smith scores for the second straight week after doing things against the 49ers, still not on the radar, really no receiver other than Thomas or Cook. You can look here with any consistency of the Hills included here for the Saints going into week 16. Jared Cook, revenge game. He's playing the Titans. 
here. That should be a little bit better matchup for him inside. The Titans are very giving to the tight end all over the field. Michael Thomas in a great spot as well against the secondary that's a bit beat up on the outside right now. So those guys continue. Drew Brees on the road and Kamara you're going to play. But uh, again, good takeaways from that game. Uh, really, the Saints have been exactly what they are for most seasons. Brees spreads around, mainly Thomas and Cook. Kamara not scoring, but still viable in PPR. Latavius Murray not getting enough work in the Ingram vein to trust when Kamara has been healthy from the ankle injury. Now, let's look on the Colts side. This is just a pathetic, pathetic performance. I mean, really, they couldn't get anything going. Jacoby Brissett really struggled. The running game couldn't get anything. They got it out of hand. They did get a touchdown. Unfortunately, they went to Jordan Wilkins and not Marlon Mack. He only had 19 yards rushing 11 attempts. Mack did. But they are getting the Panthers a get-well game at home. So you should see T.Y. Hilton rebound in a second game back here, as well as Mack. You figured Mack and Hilton and Jack Doyle, the main guys here, are going to do it. I'm done with Zach Paschal and Marcus Johnson and Dontrell Inman. I mean, you just can't get value here. They're very conservative, even in games that they're trailing. I mean, somehow they had 17 rushing attempts, and they still passed uh, 35 times in this one with dropbacks, but still 17 in a game where you trail pretty much out the get-go, 20 to nothing at halftime, 34 nothing after three. I mean, that's disappointing when Jacoby Brissett could have done something here, but Saints were just kind of passionate, needed this game badly after that 49ers loss, and they really came out gangbusters here to uh, win this game and put Breeze in the record books. So, again, Mack... Doyle Hilton, don't uh, get crazy. Stick with your guns. Look at the matchups next week. Much better at home, where Indianapolis overall is a better team as well. So there's that. Now we look at uh, the Colts-Saints game. That doesn't make us feel great about playing Jacoby Brissett, especially because we know the Colts will want to run, run, run. The, the Panthers give up a lot to that. So Brissett probably has a little bit of a capped upside in that game, assuming the Colts take care of business there at home. So we can't trust him right now the way he's playing. But there's some definitely some interesting guys across the board. Now, streaming options, you could look to this Bengals-Dolphins game for sure. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a former Bengal, one-time starter there, playing Andy Dalton. We know both these defenses stink a little bit. Fitzpatrick, a little bit trickier because the Bengals are better than you think against the pass. We saw that last week against the Patriots. You can run on them. The only problem is the Dolphins do not run. The other helpful thing is that he's thrown to Devontae Parker and they can't cover outside receivers. They do well in the slot, but not well on the outside here for Fitzpatrick. So Parker alone is a ticket for his production this week. For Andy Dalton, we know they can't cover much at all. The Dolphins can't, and it could be a sneaky high-scoring game. It is in Miami. No weather elements there to think about. Dalton has struggled in the past against other versions of Miami's team, but this one, I mean, you figure Tyler Boyd, Another receiver getting involved. He got Sith on Carter in the end. Could be easily Tyler Eifert, C.J. Uzuma, Joe Mixon helping him in the passing game as well, having a good game. So if you're really desperate there, Dalton, or I would lean a little bit more towards Fitzpatrick than Dalton just because Fitzpatrick is playing a little better and he's the home QB here in Week 16. Now you could look at Gardner Minshew. It's a bit of a trap. The Falcons' defense is playing a little bit better. He only got going in the second half, was saved by those two touchdowns late to Chris Conley. Otherwise, his day would be pretty pedestrian and iffy here. So that's a little bit of a trap I want to avoid. So is Mitchell Trubisky here. The Chiefs are very good in the secondary. So Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson could struggle a bit. So it could be some turnovers and checkdowns more for Trubisky this week. And then you look at a more appealing option to me is Drew Locke 
at home against the Lions. I mean, the Lions just did not stop anything downfield against James Winston, the Buccaneers. I get Locke is a rookie, but he's aggressive throwing the ball downfield. We know that. He wants to look at Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant deep, and those two guys are going to be his main men to help uh, produce this week. So Sutton is just a beast to cover. It doesn't matter how good the Chiefs second or the uh, Lions uh, secondary might be with Darius Slay here. I think he's just the better player in the Chiefs secondary was an extremely tough matchup. That's why we're pivoting off Trubisky, who's playing them, and Locke, who's not playing him this week. So that's a very good spot. At home for a rookie quarterback, not afraid to throw it. The Lions are vulnerable everywhere. The run is going to set up the pass nicely for Locke. Could easily have a two to three touchdown game here with well over 200 yards at home. And some promise from Locke. So we like him that he's getting the ball to Cortland Sutton, second year stud at wide receiver. No fan looking like a future star fantasy tight end and very capable of producing there now we look at Eli Manning and Dwayne Haskins are facing off another game Dwayne Haskins had his best game as a pro last week Eli Manning had a couple touchdown passes he did have the three interceptions there in that uh, game against the Dolphins so it's hard to trust both these guys they could have pick meltdowns but this could be a sneaky high scoring game the Redskins are a little bit better against the run than you think Giants are a little bit better against the run than you think so it could be a few balls up in the air and the key is like Eli Manning, you look at Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Those guys can help him put up numbers against this really overmatched Redskins secondary. Well, you look at Dwayne Haskins, he's pretty much relying a lot on Terry McLaurin to get the job done. Other guys like Steven Sims and Kelvin Harmon, the backs out of the backfield. So if you're going to go with anyone in that game, you're looking at uh, maybe a DFS play or something. Eli Manning, still a little bit better option than Haskins. Uh, so. To, even though he's on the road, it's Washington. It's not as uh, daunting there in that one. So Drew Locke, to me, has a little bit more appeal this week than I would expect. And then Fitzpatrick and Manning, those veterans who went after each other last week, uh, step into some pretty good spots this week. So we will get to running backs and wide receivers here that you have to look at the waiver wire with your free agent acquisition budget. Uh, however, you break it down and acquire players here if you're needing someone there but first i got to tell you about spotify if you're a spotify listener use spotify wrapped to show us your top locked on podcast for the year take a screenshot and tag us at locked on live on twitter and we will share and retweet we'll be right back here with our look at the running backs and wide receivers that can help you in week 16 all right, let's uh, continue looking at the waiver wire here for week 16 we have Running back, there's one that stands out. We still need to get all the information. We don't have it. Dalvin Cook has the shoulder injury, had the chest injury going into the Chargers game, had to come out. Second uh, game in a few weeks that he's had to miss. He came out of that Seahawks game as well. Mid-game, didn't do as much before he left this game. So we'll watch that. We'll also watch Alexander Madison's ankle. But Mike Boone scored uh, twice, had 53 yards rushing there against the Chargers. Immediately was plugged and played. That's how the Vikings are kind of operating there, if uh, Cook misses, you figure Madison. Madison hasn't had a chance here because Cook played through his injury the first time. We thought Madison was going to be a potential RB2, borderline RB1. That didn't happen. So we'll watch Madison. The ankle can be tricky, so watch that. I think Dalvin Cook may be having a better chance to play through the shoulder because he's already done it with the chest here early in the season. So I, if I'm the Vikings, I look at this game. You may not win the division anyway. 
So I would say they might lean towards uh, sitting Cook and Madison because you need Cook at full speed for the playoffs. I mean, that's just the bottom line here. And you may wrap up a wild card, not have a chance to move up much if the Packers win this game. So that could give him a couple weeks extra rest before the wild card round. So something to also consider here. I know the Vikings won't be thinking that, and Dalvin Cook necessarily won't be, but that might be the air of caution side here. And Boone, definitely, that's why his appeal, because he would automatically be an RB2 should Cook and Madison miss the game against Green Bay on Monday night. So that's a tricky thing. If you're Dalvin Cook owner, you certainly have to try to get Madison. Hopefully you already did that. Now you have to try to get Boone as well. So a little bit complicated, not an ideal situation. Hopefully you have some waiver priority there to cover all your bases. Then if it's a game-time decision, you're set on Monday night football. Carryon Johnson looks like he could be activated for the Lions. It's not a very good matchup against the Broncos, but Bo Scarborough is hurting. Uh, we know that Ty Johnson they don't trust. They brought in Wes Hills, and he randomly scored two touchdowns here. So Carryon, they've waited and waited for him. They might uh, feed him the ball if he's healthy. They want to see what he, they've got here going forward, if they need to make a change at running back, all that. So there's a chance he'll play. I don't love the matchup, but again, just based on volume, if you're desperate, you can look at Carryon Johnson here this week. Now, Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin, they rotated in against the Giants. Didn't really produce much either way. They just cannot run the ball. But if there's any week they would run the ball, it's against the Bengals run defense. Maybe a defense is actually worse than theirs at this point in that capacity. I mean, Miles Gaskin did show a little bit more juice. Laird is more of the receiving back. So they haven't really played from ahead. They were trailing against the uh, Giants, so a little bit more Laird. But they still rotated these guys in quite a bit. So hard to trust there. I think Gaskin is a little bit more of the upside play if the Dolphins can play with a lead. If the Bengals play with a lead, then it's more Patrick Laird. I think it's pretty even. But if you're desperate, not bad in a deep league flex to consider those. Peyton Barber, also someone you can consider. I mean, it's been pretty close with Ronald Jones and Barber. We know all season and very frustrating. Texans, you can run on them. Power running games have given them trouble. So Barber, a little bit more stout back there. Maybe goal line option playing off the passing game this week. And then Boston Scott, PPR only, special in deeper leagues. Playing behind Miles Sanders, who had a big game against uh, the Redskins. Uh, he was still involved. They need some speed on their pa- in their passing game, in their offense in general. So Sanders and Scott. Uh, Scott once was tabbed for the Sproles role, by the way, in New Orleans, and he had a lot of speed. So obviously Darren Sproles not in this mix. They need that with Sanders needing to be the fullback or the – Lead back, power back as well with uh, Jordan Howard out. So all those things to consider in this. So Boston Scott, PPR special. If you're a deeper league, we just need someone to catch a few passes in the flex. He's someone that can do it for you. Now, at wide receiver, the big prize, of course, is Brashad Perriman. We told you about him last week. It looked like the best of the options with Justin Watson and and Scotty Miller over uh, the guys that uh, could be potential Mike Evans replacements. He stepped in right away seamlessly. James Winston got him three touchdowns, much like an Evans big game explosion from earlier in the year. So Perriman obviously is the top pickup now. If you had any doubts that he's the number one with Chris Conley, I'm sorry, Chris Godwin going down for the season with the hamstring as well as Mike Evans. Now Perryman, of course, doubly more appealing now in this great matchup against the Texans this week. Got ahead of myself with Chris Conley. I was going to mention him. He had a couple scores there for the Jaguars in Oakland filling in for DJ Chark. We'll have to see if DJ Chark returns this week. He was able to run, do some things here, according to Coach Doug Marone, early with the ankle injury. He wants to get to 1,000 yards receiving, so that's a factor here 
for Chark in his second season. Wants to finish as one of the top 12 or so RBs, or sorry, wide receivers in the NFL this season. That's the way he's played all year. But if Chark were going to miss a game, remember Cole had more yardage there. It is a tough matchup against the Falcons in the fact that even though their secondary is down without uh, Desmond and Trufant and uh, Isaiah Oliver is also a little bit banged up, they can be burned a little bit. It's a little hit or miss. It really comes down to the quarterback. Kyle Allen uh, you know, kind of blew that matchup a few weeks ago. You didn't see Jimmy Garoppolo take full advantage. It's a little bit of trepidation. I still would feel a little bit better than Con- with Conley than Cole if I'm looking for a fill-in for Chark here. Even though Cole had the bigger volume, Conley, I think, had the bigger impact and kind of seamlessly filled where Chark would have in the red zone for Minshew in that game. Now, Anthony Miller, probably the last call for him. Unfortunately, he had the better matchup last week and really took advantage of that against the Packers. The Chiefs secondary, again, in the slot, everywhere. Bashad Breeland, these type of players have really formed well in Steve Spagnuolo's defense. So Miller, volume play, he's going to be involved. This offense is basically going through Anthony, Allen Robinson, Miller and uh, Terry Cohen in the passing game. They can't run the ball at all. So these are the principal weapons there. So just alone for that, you can look at that. Now, Greg Ward, by default, is now the Eagles' top receiver. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, the rookie from Stanford, not quite ready yet to be the Alshon Jeffrey. But without Nelson Aguilar, they're looking for some spark. They got rid of uh, Mac Hollins way back when. Greg Ward, the converted quarterback from Houston, looking uh, very good here in this passing game. Good connection. He did have the winning touchdown with uh, Carson Wentz last week. The matchup is very good against the Cowboys. Just by default, he should get some volume behind Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard tight end. Justin Watson, you can look at. He could be the next man up because not only did Godwin get hurt in that game, Miller did as well, Scotty Miller. So we need a little bit more of Watson to help Perryman as well as the tight ends this week. Now, Kenny Stills, his random two-touchdown game did occur, but the matchup is so good against the Buccaneers that you can consider that, especially if Will Fuller's not 100%, but Fuller and uh, DeAndre Hopkins creating some open opportunities. With Danny Amendola, he's a guy that got a lot of volume, went over 100 yards receiving there with his best season, for whatever that's worth, out of necessity with no Marvin Jones, no TJ Hawkinson. There behind Kenny Galladay. Galladay could see a lot of Chris Harris Jr. Sam Mandola could have some uh, opportunities to rack up some catches, PPR only. There you can look at Deontay Johnson. We'll see what the quarterback situation is with Devlin Hodges or Mason Rudolph for this Jets game, but the Jets can be burned on the outside. So James Washington is probably owned in a lot of leagues, but Deontay Johnson, the rookie, is probably a little bit less owned. So you can look at uh, either Washington or Johnson this week. And Russell Gage, just by playing the Jaguars, they have A.J. Bowie. He hasn't been very good. He'll probably be on Julio. Things open up elsewhere against the secondary. He doesn't work the slot, which is tough there with D.J. Hayden. But on the outside, away from Bowie, could be a little bit productive in a deeper league. So there you have that at running back and wide receiver. We still have to talk about tight end streaming defenses. But first, got to tell you about Breaking T. This is just a fun place to go for... A last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays. All you have to do is do, go to breaking.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams and passionate moments for all sports fans. It's great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. One thing that they have there is uh, some exclusive uh, material there with the uh, NFL players. We mentioned Minshew and Doc Hodges, they're getting their own little treatment there, special t-shirts, as well as our favorite fantasy football tight end, George Kittle. So some good branded apparel there to check out 
fans of any team across sports, uh, you can find some good stuff at BreakingT.com. We'll be right back here to break down, speaking of tight ends, the tight ends you can look at on the waiver wire. All right, uh, let's uh, look at those tight ends. If you don't have George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, there's a few guys that have now become regulars, Zach Ertz included, but still streaming if you're playing that game. O.J. Howard still available in a lot of leagues. Just people don't trust him. I get it from early in the season, but again, yet another person that's going to have to step up. He's been heavily involved here as Evans and Godwin have gone down the past two weeks. He's played a little bit better, challenged by the coaching staff. So great matchup this week. There against the Texans. Noah Fant has two great matchups to end the season. This week against the Lions, next week against the Raiders. So Noah Fant looking like a key go-to guy playing off Cortland Sutton for Drew Locke. Jacob Hollister steps into that golden matchup against the Cardinals. And next week against the 49ers where he had his biggest game of the season. So those are nice options there. Hollister this week obviously is that uh, flowchart play based on the points allowed for the Cardinals. They... Struggled against Vance McDonald in not giving us the points, but they went back to their tight end friendly ways with two scores for Ricky Seals-Jones last week. So Hollister could be a nice little play there if you're desperate at tight end. Joni Smith will look at, they do use a tight end by committee there with Anthony Ferkser and others for Tennessee. That's why I'm a little hesitant, so I'm going away from there. You can look at Jason Witten. He did get a little bit more involved. He could easily score against the Eagles. It's a bit of a swan song maybe for him against the NFC East. They want to score again here. So a little bit deeper play there. Darren Fells pretty much touchdown or bust with him, but the Bucks do give up a lot of tight end touchdowns. And set to Valve, really deep league, PPR maybe play. He's getting a little bit more involved. Not great, but they do have a good matchup against the Falcons. Again, the Falcons secondary can be a little bit better than you think. A lot more underneath passes there and devolve. They certainly have some options. So Clearly, I want to separate O.J. Howard, Noah Fant, and Jacob Hollister this week. The others a little bit more shots in the dark, a boomer bust. Well, I feel good about Howard Fant Hollister giving you good return this week. Uh, all potential to score a touchdown this week. Good PPR value involvement in the offenses. Uh, O.J. Howard, again, helped by the wide receiver injuries. Noah Fant basically is the number two there to Sutton, while Hollister is now back to being the number three with Josh Gordon suspended behind uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And finally, we'll look at uh, defenses. The Broncos are the number one here. They're playing David Blau at home here. They've been pretty good defensively all season. Blau has been making a lot of mistakes. He threw a pick six there against the Buccaneers. So uh, I I like the Broncos at home. It's a tough place for any rookie quarterback, especially a third stringer, to play. And that's the case with Blau kind of melting down here with only Kenny Galladay to throw to. You look at uh, the Colts, not bad either. Rookie quarterback making his first start, Will Greer. The Colts defense played atrociously against New Orleans, so a bit of a risk there because there's Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, some playmakers, but they could still force some mistakes from Will Greer. The Seahawks, the Cardinals can be a little bit tricky. The Seahawks pass rush can get revved up, force some turnovers. They will be at home again that matchup, so you can look there. The Falcons are at home against the Jaguars. Some mistakes maybe from Gardner Minshew. The Falcons have played Better defensively here of late, for sure, as Dan Quinn has relieved himself of the play-calling duties. The Bengals and Dolphins game, that's a toss-up. You can trust either one at your own risk, hoping for a Dalton or Fitzpatrick mistake, but that's a little bit deeper. So is the Giants and Redskins, hoping for mistakes for Manning or Haskins in those games. So I would rather not play 
defenses from those two games against bad teams. So Broncos, Colts, Seahawks, Falcons are way I'm ranking it with guys that will be available as collective defenses here ahead of week number 16. So there you have it. There's your look at the waiver wire here on Pickup Tuesday, our shortest show of the week. Uh, get you in and out with your waiver wire talk and analysis here for you. Uh, all the targets to pick up. We've been doing this all season long, so thanks so much for sticking with us. And uh, thanks again for listening all season. Uh, happy advanced holidays and uh, good luck in your last-minute Christmas shopping. Don't forget, uh, we can help you get better luck in your fantasy football matchups with our Matchup Wednesday show, breaking down the first half of the games of Week 16. Then we'll come back with Matchup Thursday with the second half of Week 16 games. And remember, there are Saturday games this week and no Thursday games, so that's a little bit of a twist. And uh, again, lineup Friday to close, as usual, taking you in to the DFS and injury reports there for Week 16. Again, this has been Locked on Fantasy Football. This is Vinny Iyer. We'll see you tomorrow for Matchup Wednesday.